We don't even need a countdown. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It? Film podcast to get lost with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts, but we're not going to be critics. We're not going to be throwing numbers at you. We're just going to answer that question at the end of the conversation. So did you like it? I am Sir Square and joined as always with my co-host. I'm Cherry Boy Hunter, cuz. Shit, that was good. Uh, that was actually, uh, I wasn't ready for that. That was really good. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I get one once in a while. And we had a little bit of a snafu with uh, this week. We originally had planned for it to be Son of the White Mare, which we were excited for. Unfortunately, we couldn't find a good way to watch it. So it'll probably be a film we have to save for next year as we figure out how to get a copy of it. Um, so to... Uh, finish off Summer of Animation, we actually checked out the feel-good film Redline by Takeshi Koike, a film that came out in 2010 uh, from the country of Japan. This, look, I could give you a synopsis about what this all is, but straight up, this is Speed Racer on crack. It is Speed Racer in space on crack, and you love every minute of it. Like, you can't tell me you don't love every minute of it. <laughs> it's, it's like... So it's like, you know, it's not quite a good analog, but you know how, like, From Dust Till Dawn turns into an entirely different movie in the second half? <laughs> yes, yes. This doesn't turn into an entirely different movie, but basically smack in the middle of it, Akira happens. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts off with, like, you thinking, like, okay, this is a racing movie, and it's kind of crazy. And it was crazy at the beginning. Then you get to the main race, which is, like, the last, like, 45 minutes of the film is just the final race and it's of course going wild and then boom you get godzilla versus king Ghidorah, just kind of out of nowhere in this uh thing and then there's magic and mech suits and a dystopian robotic society i feel like this movie really has everything there's even dude this might be the film that encompasses everything yeah man I was tweaking so hard, my teeth were itching. I mean, I, I don't blame you, man. Like, <laughs> it's a film where you get a contact high, and the good type of contact high. I don't mean the bad type of contact high from a film like Requiem for a Dream, where you feel bad about yourself. This is that, like, oh, I feel like I could jump in my car and do anything. But don't. But don't. But yeah. But don't. Please don't. <laughs> I picked this movie as kind of like a pull-the-cord emergency film, because originally we had planned to do this movie for this year. But then we were going to try some other stuff since we had a lot of uh, Japanese films already in the in the in the mix for this summer without meaning to. Uh, but I'm still really glad we watched it. I know you and I have watched this movie before. Uh, that was a really great day at work when we were working together and just watching Redline. Oh yeah. Uh, but I it was great that we had people that hadn't watched this movie before, and we were in a situation where just like I mean we're here, we're going to talk about this movie, we're going to pay attention in the way that like. We just get to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, just kind of watch shit happen and just know all the wackiness is happening, ha- gonna happen. But you still get to hear people mark out who have seen it for the first time. <laughs> We've actually uh, experienced this director before on the podcast because he was in Animatrix last summer when he did um, World Record, which is the short with the marathon runner, and we mentioned Redline in that. Uh, episode as well yeah. as like his because he was working on redline at the beginning parts of redline while he did world record uh back in the early 2000s Damn. 
because he's also like he's he's a key animator uh, that when he works on his projects as well, he tries to like be a part of it, and he's just got this way of storytelling that I really enjoy. That like yeah, and what was really great about this one is like usually like. I'm, I am that subs versus dubs, subs over dubs all the time weeb. Like, that is me. But this film is told in such a way, it, it translates into any language. You're fine. Doesn't matter. You're in space anyway, so who cares what language you're speaking? And yeah, you, we speak the language of wacky shenanigans. Whatever language that needs to be, it's what you get, you know? Admittedly, we did start on the subtitles here, and it was a little annoying because... You know, you have that subtitle thing that happens when, like, you have characters in the foreground talking, but there's also an announcer in the background. Mm-hmm. And normally, either they prioritize one and they just pick the one that's more important, or, like, you'll have, like, you know, in parentheses, like, you know, what else is being said. This one was just like, yeah, let me just throw subtitles up there at the top, subtitles at the bottom, and I'm just like, uh, uh, uh. And you know what? Third person, subtitles all on the sides. Yeah, it was... It was kind of a bad choice, I think, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, I we we tried to originally find it in sub because like that's how I had originally experienced the film yeah. and how Kaz and I had first watched it, and yeah. I and like I said, I usually enjoy it, but there's no way to watch it HD, so I just bit the bullet, bought it on YouTube for like English dubbed uh, HD. Totally worth it. Like you have to see this movie in its clearest format so you can experience just. the the wacky shenanigans that is this film. Like, every single Saturday morning wacky cartoon race you saw, that is this movie, dialed up to, like, 15. Because all the characters are wild, all their cars are wild, and, of course, everyone's got weapons or chains or oil slicks, or you've just got, you know, Cherry Boy Hunter Sonashi just pulling out of her cockpit and shooting a missile down with a six-shooter. You know, it's whatever you need to be. Yeah, out of her car that's a giant crab that can also swim. That is a giant crab that can swim. And uh, I think she... It can not only just swim underground, but like can it also skim the top of the water as well? Yeah. Yeah, it, can... it does. Because, yeah, multiple times in her race, like not only the initial race, but also like the red line race, uh, she gets knocked into the fucking water and she just can keep going. It doesn't stop her. You don't, you don't ever stop. You, when you have a dream, you keep going forever. I'm tired just hearing the idea. I don't want to chase my dreams. They're not that important. (laughs) (laughs) Production for this movie took seven years and they used over a hundred thousand hand-drawn frames. God damn. This is a passion project that you can just really tell throughout the entirety of it. I'm sorry that we're kind of just gushing at the beginning, and I guess we should really explain how this movie goes down. Get into it. In, like, just a small, quick synopsis. But what you should know is your main character is named Sweet JP because, duh, what else would his name be? And uh, he's known as someone who's in the racing league. He loses the race at the beginning, but because the final Grand Prix is going to take place on what is called Robo World, which is a, like we mentioned, dystopian, militaristic, despotic, tyrannical empire uh, that runs an entire planet, they are going to uh, have the race there. So two racers drop out and JP gets his chance to race in Redline. 
And it's just really all about that. Like, yeah, there is other things going on in this movie, like people's pasts, and you learn about the other racers, and kind of the messed up stuff that, like, Robo World is doing before the race. But it, at the end of the line, this movie is simply just, JP gets to race, and not only does he get to race, he gets to race against the girl he's loved, like, for years. Since seeing her race long ago, when... uh. Cherry Boy Hunter Sanashi was first on the pre. Gosh, she's got... What a, what a name. What a name. Well, she didn't choose the Cherry Boy Hunter part. No, she didn't. She did In not. In fact, she seems quite surprised when it's brought up to her. She's like, that's... What? That's what they call me? <laughs> Who came up with that? Sanashi Cherry Boy Hunter McLaren. That's actually a pretty badass name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and then, yeah, surprisingly, not a whole lot of, like lewdness or raunchiness in this anime except like one part where the camera like lingers on her ass but like even then that's called out because like that's in in movie lingers on her ass not just like you know like hey look just fan servicey it's like hey look the new you know the the the, the station reporting on it is like lingering and they show her like watching that report be like way to just get a big old shot of my ass guys <laughs> granted and while she's saying it. that while she's saying that she is actually topless in that scene so i think that's, that's supposed to be like a little bit There's of the comedy of the situation a little bit of self-awareness a little bit of self-awareness so there is fan service in that but like yeah not a whole lot of like characters being dogs or anything like that and there if are some characters that are literally dogs I and think. if a character's acting out of line they usually get what's coming to them pretty quickly yeah that's fun. Who was, uh, the, like, out of all of the racers, who was your favorite in terms of character design? Like, my first instinct choice is to go with uh, Machine Head and Godwing. Yeah. Because it's the most fucked up cool shit. <laughs> I love how Machine Head has his own theme song. That's great. I think another character also had, like, a theme song. I don't know if it was... Uh, there was like Lynchman and Johnny Boy yeah, has say, their own theme song. Yeah. So more than a few characters get their own little theme song, which is really funny. Machine Head! Um, but yeah, Machine Head just kind of rules just because, yeah, he's just he's just a big fuck-off machine with a giant fucking head. And yeah, he's supposed to be, like, the guy. The number one guy who wins, like, the red line and shit. And, like, while everyone is, like, a pi- you know, like, you know, a driver in their car and all that stuff, like, Machine Head, as being a machine man... Godwing is merely an extension of himself. It's like he just plugs himself into the thing and becomes like that fucking like edifice at the end of like a ship where like you know like when they you know those old wooden ships have like a woman at the front. Machine Head is the fucking front of his car. He is forever Titanic posing in his car. Like we don't hear it because we get the epic soundtrack but when Machine Head is just like in his car racing Redline it is just uh, Celine Dion playing in his ears. That gives him the power to just continue through and make it towards that next victory in Redline. What power it is. He's so fucking massive. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no rules to Redline, but there might really should be. Actually, I don't know. Cause, I don't know. Some of, some of those lack of rules really made things helpful uh, against some certain threats. Yeah. Look. Are you telling me that Should our I... people shouldn't have had weapons when taking down an entire military civilization? We even have characters with magic 
literal magic because where they're from, magic is just a thing they can do. And magic isn't even outlawed from the race. They just promise they won't do it to make it fair. Exactly. And they only seem to use magic when they're fighting the army. When they're fighting the government. Oh. Which is when you should use magic. I love that world because not only do they have a space princess, they have a magical girl space princess. Which, and like, you never see her touch the ground. She's either floating or in her, like, floating pillow. And it's just, like, strong energy. And you can tell all she likes to do is, like, just fuck with people. Like, one of my favorite parts of this movie that deal with that world is when the ship appears out of there to drop the riders in, or the drivers in for uh, the re- the race to begin. And it is a hyperdimensional engine that they use. And it's like an engine that has not been proven, theoretically proven. So RoboWorld legit, like the president of RoboWorld reacts legitimately with just like, how dare they use a theoretically non-proven engine to defeat us? Just like, yes, Uh, we are good at magic, but we are also really good at physics and quantum physics. When it comes up with the fucked up shit with Robot World, that, you know, I make the Akira reference slash joke in multiple ways, or for multiple reasons. One, later on, they got, like, this big fucked up weird baby fetus thingy made of pure energy. Hey, his name is Funky Boy, okay? He's fucked up. He's fucked up, boy. He is anyway. funky, boy. And he was a tired he was a weird boy. Fucked up fetus made of energy. And he woke up. Hey, and that was like he the just last... woke up from a nap. All right, look, they're a little bit grouchy. You know, maybe he didn't get his full rest. And hey, is that the police's fault? Pretty sure he woke up because a policeman drove into him. Uh, it was yeah because one of the like protesters or something that was trying to get red line going, like threw a police robot into the containment of, uh. Funky Boy, right? Something like that? Oh, no, I thought it was that one driver who was a crooked cop. Oh, that it was uh, Gory Rider? Yeah, didn't he find his, accidentally find his You're way down right. because he was chasing those other guys? You're who were right, rolling? he definitely, uh, he was definitely the one that set off Funky Boy. This is a police. I love his character, <laughs> Gory Rider, who's just like a really just dirty, corrupt cop who's like overly aggressive and like the fact that he is, uh, like, he's known for uh, his interaction with other rider, the other racers, Miki and Todoroki. And it was just hilarious finding out that, like, their whole story is Miki and Todoroki just won, like, Blue Line or something, like, the first race. And so they're out celebrating, driving, like, wild. And Gory Rider just pulls them over and starts beating the shit out of them for absolutely no reason on camera. And that from then on, he just has a vendetta against these two. And uh, they have a vendetta against him, too. Uh, when you finally get to uh, Miki and Todoroki's just, like, racer piece like on the news and like it's time for them to give a statement their only statement is like uh Todoroki pulls out a banana and starts peeling it and Miki just goes you motherfucker Gory Rider yeah and I think he gets cut off before he gets the cuss or something like I uh I I would have loved a movie just about those three but uh yeah back to the weird fetus baby you really just um, want to stick around with the fist baby well i wanted to mention it because uh it's like big and like weird energy like bulbous thing and just anything around it it starts killing like whenever it cries it just kind of kills things it's very like akira-esque uh imagery um but not only is there that there's the whole like plot with like you know robot world basically being like you know either like the government or military well basically yeah they are a military uh military 
who shows complete ineptitude. They have their ultimate weapon to stop Akira or Baby or whatever it is in the whatever given movie. And it doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. But it causes a lot of problems uh, for themselves. Like Even like when they shoot the big fuck-off laser from the satellite, their own policemen are just like, Hey, what happened to that guy? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. There's like seven <laughs> of us left. <laughs> so they fuck themselves up more than they fuck up any of the racers or the weird baby they're trying to stop, which was already then, their fault. So yeah, just from those, I'm drawing the parallels to Akira. I love also just to defeat the giant baby. Like the main, one of the main military leaders, whose name is Colonel Volton, gives himself up to like a knowledge-eating entity that fully assimilates with him into this kind of, like, weird, like, cosmic space horror whale entity that just starts, like, trying... Giant bass. Yeah, trying to grapple and, like, devour Funky Boy while screaming out to the military to get back into formation and chase down the red line drivers. Yeah, it's... Very ridiculous. Uh, what happens with that guy after he merges with the thing? Like, what inevitably happens? I feel him? like he floats on throughout the universe to find the edge of all reality to uh, escape the dream that we are all living in through Azathoth. Okay, so we don't. Know. No, we have no idea. This is just speculation. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's a couple of loose ends by the by the end of the movie. Oh, where yeah, there's loose ends. <laughs> It's just like, eh, you know, who cares? You got your happy feels. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, you think you, yeah, yeah. Let me ask you this: What do you think happened at the end of Redline? Like after the race was over, do you think like <laughs> what the whomst? <laughs> like the whomst are you asking about? I'm talking about all the drivers. Do you think they escaped after that? Because they were li- like. The end of the race is literally the military main complex building where all of <laughs> the main uh, well, branch leaders are. I think Sweet JP and uh, and Sonichi? Sonichi, something like that, yeah. Anyways, I think they're both just smears on the side of the road by the end. I would have to agree. No, remember, they're floating uh, through, like, the sky mm. with the power of love. That's dramatic, like, time dilation. No, because everybody else Slow-mo. was just... They made it to the finish line, too, and they were just, uh... Uh... They were still in gravity and everything, just breathing heavily, but, like, Sonashi and JP, uh, the winners get to just float through time and space, I guess. Fucked up time dilation. <laughs> <laughs> the power of love. They're, they win, they finish the race uh, flying out of the fucking car at such an immense speed to, so that they could beat a godwing. And they're just flying, soaring through, like, no car, no nothing. Just bodies hurling. And as they hit the fucking uh, uh, checker line, uh yeah, as time seems to slow down, or I don't know. Yeah, you could say like, okay, maybe they got stuck in like a gravity well or something that just kind of leaves them, or you know, like hoists them or whatever, or suspends mm-hmm. them. I don't know, man. It just the whole thing reads as like everything was moving slow mo. They're 
going in for a kiss. It feels like a moment that could go on forever. And that's pretty much the rest of their lives. <laughs> As time comes back and they're just vapor. <laughs> they're just blown apart <laughs> with bullets and lasers. Beautiful last moments. JP finally wins. His buddies get rich. Sona she finally gets to get, you know, that red line victory she's been wanting. Uh, they're all happy for, like, 0. 0.2 seconds before time comes back to normal. <laughs> you know what? I'm happy for them still. Yeah. You know, you know it's, it's a good way to go. <laughs> they seem happy at the moment. <laughs> As for the rest of them... Yeah, it's probably not... I mean, I'd say it's not looking good because what are they going to do now? All the military's there. But it's not... Ex- like As I've been saying, it's not exactly like the military's been all that confident of Robot World. What do you mean? I think they just pack up and leave and Robot World's like, what the fuck? Wait, hold on. We got to declare war. And then they kind of look around like, what do we have left? Yeah, considering that like it was broadcasted to most of the galaxy, so everybody knows now the military might of Robo World, all of their weaknesses, and how every single main weapon has now been exhausted just trying to take down, what, eight drivers? Yeah. So, it's over for a lot of people. Yeah, you know what, you're right, you're right. I feel like it's, that. that's it. That's just it for Robo World. But you know what? I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, you know what? Nothing but good feels. <laughs> Nothing but good. If if there was a place that had to go, it it was it was Robo World. Robo World had to go. And you're just prejudiced against robots. I mean, we both saw the Animatrix, man. That's fair. Like we yes. we both saw the history of the war. Like let's be real here. That felt like it was our fault, though. <laughs> oh, it was. It it was. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you mentioned that he did, like, the world record one, and you can kind of, in as I, was, as I was talking about time dilation, you can kind of see the way that he does, uh, slow motion and speed, um, where people uh, apparently go, or at, at some points go so fast that, uh, you know, for the sake of it being cinematic, I think, uh, time slows down, basically, and everything around them is kind of moving like really, really slow. You know, re- you know, like well, like I've been saying about time dilation. And then uh, you can see this both in world record and in this one that you see like characters just like go from like almost a complete stop to just moving closer to you in a warped perspective kind of thing. And that happens in uh, both of those uh, animations. Talk about time dilation. Uh... JP and Sonashi go so quickly. JP is actually in a separate reality for a second where he sees the racer that he wanted to be growing up with the two women that he can kiss simultaneously in the back of his car. And that dude just like points to him as like, you made it, man. Who is that guy supposed to be? I have no idea. I don't know that. Apparently, JP was young, saw this dude that had like a nice car, purple pimp suit, did like a triple spin kick and then leaned two ladies back at the same time, kissed both of them at the same time, and then drove kissed off saying, of follow your dreams lip. or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't really know who that guy was. And as you were explaining that or saying that it was like an alternate dimension of him, I was the, for a second I was like, 
Oh, is that who that was? Wait, what the fuck? Who is that guy supposed Nobody to be? Nobody knows. He just kind of exists, I guess. He's the spirit of race. <laughs> he is the spirit of, like, the winners of the world. He's the one that gives you the drive to be as amazing as every character from Fast and the Furious. Eh, he gives you the drive. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel good about myself anymore. Yeah, it's fine. I also wouldn't feel good if I talked about the Fast and the Furious. Well, now I'm just sad. <laughs> That's fine. I'm sure you can watch one of the Fast and Furious movies, and you'll feel much better. Oh yeah, it's gonna it's gonna fill me with joy, love, family, and everything I need to to realize that life is gonna be okay. There you go. I'm happy for you. Um, so let's talk about this better movie, Red Line. <laughs> Uh, I love how... Oh, by the way, I know the name of his hairdo. It is... Not like the pompadour. It is called a long ducktail pompadour. Hmm. So, apparently... That it, explains quackly. <laughs> damn it, you're right. And now I'm laughing because it makes so much more sense. And now I need to see Redline recreated with Pokemon. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Wait, are you what telling me that Quaxley's gonna be JP? I want to see a Quaxley fucking tearing ass in a Trans Am before it wrecks shit. I want, I, want to see... him to see... I want him to go so fast that his car spins out of control and skips across water like a fucking rock. I want it to be like perfect Cassie for most of it. Just like uh, like Sprigato is Frisbee. Um, and like yeah. I feel like we could like go through like perfect Cassie. But everyone's wondering like, what would you do with Foy Coco? Machine Head is Foy Coco. <laughs> Just that this, might work. just this, like little, like derpy dinosaur bites the steam light and just goes cargo fast. Uh, it might have to be that big metal fucking bell thing or whatever. Ah, uh, look, you gotta have one casting option with a Pokemon where you're just like, it doesn't make sense, but one, it's beautiful. One that doesn't make sense, <laughs> but it's just beautiful. Okay, just so beautiful. I'm trying to defend myself, but I, I, your bell choice is a better option. I don't know the name of Pokemon, so it's just big fuck off bell. <laughs> it's just a big fuck you bell. <laughs> I like the designs for uh, <laughs> weirdos, as I have not made it any mystery. I like weirdos and design weird people who look fucked up. Uh, we have like weird crab men. We have literal dog people. These weird little, like, I don't know what they are. They just look like old people, but they have giant bug eyes. I don't get it. Um, our our main mechanic is like a weird grasshopper man with giant long arms and legs. And our, uh, our other mechanic guy is a guy with backwards hands. Like, his thumbs are on the other side of his hands. They are? I didn't even notice that. And he's got, like, green skin with, like, pinkish skin by his eyes. Yeah. And a really dope sense of style. Yeah, it's pretty good. Well, pretty good a, for him. When you owe the mob something, you gotta look good while they, <laughs> while they extort you. Look, if you're gonna be in a room where an old mobster is having cocaine applied to his gums by a hot young lady. Yeah, this movie doesn't look, uh, make cocaine look good. It's not good PR for cocaine, it seems. Oh, I'm so sorry. Cocaine did not get a good PR in this movie. Just saying. Look, I I I appreciate that. 
But yeah, all the, I appreciate that. All the robots are also really weirdos too, because like you get some that look, you know, like it looks like just a dude, just a weird, uh, you know, a dude with like a weird anime color, like pink or purple or whatever. And then like they just have like I don't know a metal shielding across the face, or some of them have like what looks like just designed metal hair that looks like you know like a hairstyle, but it's just a big tin fucking like part of their head, I guess. And you got this weird fucked up guy who like looks like you could see like all of his teeth. He's completely just red, but with just, like, lines going across and, like, a metal hat. And he's got a quirk that he's just always crying. <laughs> he's just a big fucking crybaby. Oh, yeah, Dezina. Crybaby Dezina. There you go. Oh, I love how that's his military name. Like, that's what he's known as in the military. And what's crazy is he gets stronger as he cries. Yeah, but he's, you know, still not that strong because he gets the shit kicked out of him multiple times i love when volton gets introduced with this character because like you see that like dazina kicks the shit out of a racer called named trava while crying and uh then gets the crap kicked out of him by machine head in like a second volton appears in the restaurant after like crashing in with a military ship to find dazina and then when dazina tries to like talk back to him one punch straight in the face and then like starts picking Dazina's teeth out of his knuckles while talking to Machine Head. He's just a very insecure, sensitive boy, this uh, crybaby man. Because, yeah, every time... He... And where do sensitive, insecure crybaby boys go? The military. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you heard it here. Military folks. <laughs> <laughs> and we are not doing ourselves any favors <laughs> made fun of dylan's we've made fun of kyle's we've made fun of zach's now we're making fun of military what, what, people what's like dylan what, what gonna do about it though <laughs> fucking tell his mom uh <laughs> so once he gets out of detention first he's very insensitive or it, it, he's very sensitive i should say he's very sensitive because um like he's always just thinking that people are making fun of him or that they're just not including him and that's always what he's crying about and even people with calm demeanors who are just like it's not like that just call he's like why are you lying to me and he just gets sadder and sadder and punchier so he's a character really kind of destined for self-destruction because of his own uh his own inability to cope with things and to uh you know, his insecurities and i, I yeah think, i think that's that's a complex deep character <laughs> Well, Dazina just needs to learn how to be okay with himself and with alone time. To, like, be able to realize that it's okay to spend time with yourself. Yeah. Maybe have a happy cry. And then punch someone. Have a happy cry. Happy cry and, you know, get yourself, like, one of those training dummies and work out your frustrations. Yeah. All right, next caller as we work on your therapy problems for Redline. All right, let's talk about JP and his past. Um, it doesn't have a lot of self-preservation, but I gotta say other than that, he's decently well put together, I guess. Yeah, it just the JP's story is uh, he was arrested for fixing races. But the only reason why this happened was because Frisbee really wanted him to be able to race in a certain uh, pre. And to do that, he got money from the mafia to buy JP's car or engine that they used. And JP crashed. They lost, and they were indebted to the mob, so they had to fix races to pay back what they owed. And so they're just known as race fixers now, and Frisbee's just forever in the mob's debt. Do we think Frisbee would have pulled the pulled the trigger on the bomb? 
No, because he said, like, I want to see him win. I want to see him do it once. Yeah, but we don't ever get to find out whether or not he's that noble or not, because the other guy, the other mechanic, fucking hero that he was, <laughs> saw, like, on the, on the, you know, on the, um, coverage of the race, like, when JP's, like, flipped up, or a car slipped up the way down, he can see the, where the bomb was planted, he's like, that son of a bitch immediately just hauls ass to where Frisbee is, kills the fucking mobster single-handedly by himself, pretty much, mm-hmm. and then gets sloshed on whatever booze they have, kicks the shit out of Frisbee, is like, I'm taking this shit from you, you're not gonna use it. And That's then as the soon as Sonic, she's just like, steam light super nitro space gas and it's just like we're still gonna lose that's when the old guy drunk out of his mind just sets the bomb off yeah does he do we really think that he knew that that was gonna happen or where he was he just drunk out of his blitzed out of his mind just like oh fuck it this is gonna work watch <laughs> he was drunk out of his mind just like fuck it this is the only thing i can think of he had like the red cheeks and fucking so drunk his eyes weren't fully open ever again <laughs> well dude like he was drunk and probably uh taking some of that cocaine that was still on the because <laughs> like True. this dude wasn't like didn't have just a nice little box of cocaine that this this woman I was taking it from back. it was Cocaine's the scarface boys <laughs> this is very much the scarface desk like let me just shove my whole face into this mountain that's yeah, probably he what he did. Just, he just blows up the fucking car to let them win. And once again, as I've mentioned, I think they die at the end. But you know, we're, we're too busy being happy. Oh my god, JP, he won. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, that mechanic's the kind of friend you want, even though Frisbee apparently through flashback is shown to be like a lifelong friend. I don't trust I, that bitch. I want so badly to get just like a uh red line speed racer crossover just like a 20 minute ova of just speed racer having to participate in red line against sweet jp uh i was the amount of like look the amount of psychedelics i would have to be on for this for that movie to make sense as well i think the, i think the the, the sh- movie itself would be psychedelics enough for you man <laughs> oh i was making reference to uh f-zero because uh well the series is long dead but when back when it was around uh like the story mode is the wackiest fucked up shit like you have characters who are like mobsters and people characters who are part of gangs and they're trying to, like, kill your main character. And you do kill some of them, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how you could write your way out of them dying. So that's why I was like, I could see this being, like, a fucking, like, F-Zero type thing. With the wacky, eclectic characters. Like, you have, like, just this guy who's just a, he's, he's just an octopus. He's just an octopus, and he's angry, and I think he's, like, an ex-mob military guy. I'm sorry, now I'm thinking about, like, if they make another F-Zero game, there better be a special DLC where you can buy redline characters. I want to play as Machine Head in an F-Zero game. Machine Head's too large! (laughs) Okay, then Machine Head Head should be, like, a DLC boss for a race that you have to go against uh yeah oh, that'd be so exactly. great like 
I'm just thinking Machine Head is like that part in Sonic Adventure 2 when you're running through the streets and a giant 18-wheeler that's the size of the street itself, so large that it's hitting every car chasing down this hedgehog for some reason. That's Machine Head. That is Machine Head. That is very much Machine Head. I just want... Ah, I want to see it now. I want to see it. (laughs) Just all these amazing space race characters that like have all these spaceships and cool like anti-gravity thing and one trans am and one trans am <laughs> 20,000 that's right it's a 20,000 because you have to remember we're in space and it's the future that's right we're forever in space we're forever baby <sighs> i killed the forever baby. r.i.p funky boy being so funky up in the sky wait we're in space anyways I'm trying to think about what else we could bring up about this movie, but honestly, like, that's the thing about this film. Like, the first hour is just set up. Well, the first the first 15 minutes is the yellow line race. And then after that, you get, like, 45 minutes of setup for red line, where, like, they're in the refugee planet where they get to stay before they uh, get transported to Robo World. JP gets to interact with uh, Sanashi. And other writers are introduced either through the news or through uh, JP's interactions. Um, and then it's just the race. Like, that's it. It is legitimately all that's left. Like, the one thing well. that does happen during the race that I feel like we haven't mentioned is uh, Sonashi's car gets destroyed during the race. I don't remember who it is that does it, though. I think it was when that... Wasn't it when that giant laser space laser thingy shot it like wiped it out almost everyone that yeah the space laser wiped out her car like everyone was at least able to recover but her car was completely damaged I think uh, it was embedded in the ground fucked up and missing pieces and it's only when uh so it's pretty great too like this is a this is a crazy moment so jp wants to like turn over his car so he can keep racing and invite sonashi to drive with him but she doesn't trust him yet because she knows that he used to fix races after watching the news about him. So she sits on the car, like just sits down on the car and he can't budge it. And then he has to tell the full story about what happened. So he talks about Frisbee and yada, 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 very emotional moment. And then she decides, yes, I'm going to believe you and you need to keep your promise and let me see the finish line for red line. She then gets off the car and JP is able to then flip the car over. How much does this woman weigh? That's le- I, I don't know. It's leverage, man. She leverage. Le- Look, I get that, but it's not like the car's leverage changed with her sitting the on car- it. Oh, she was leaning against it in the opposite direction. He was trying to flip it over. It's already hard enough for a single man. In fact, almost impossible for a single man to flip over a car. And if you got someone on the other side just pushing weight against it in the opposite direction. Eh- you know what? You know what? I've shown my whole ass. I, that is a very good explanation. I believe in Sanashi. Sanashi. You you believe that Sanashi knew in this moment, just like, with leverage, he's not going to be able to do this. It's just I'm going to sit right here. Yeah. You ever, like, you know, like, you see someone trying something really hard, and all you have to do is, I don't know, like, put your foot on something, and it basically makes whatever they're trying to do inoperable, and you just watch them struggle because you're a sadist? Me neither. Uh, but yeah, this is one of those things. Again, I've shown my whole ass. That is a very good description. Speaking of showing your whole ass, we get a okay. weird squid tentacle man that like gets pantsed. And it's a funny little one because he's just trying to suck up to Sanashi. 
And uh, JP mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, has way more uh, charm and is, you know, way better at it. And so, but this guy just keep trying, keep, keep, keep going and whatever. And eventually he just pantses him. And you'd think that would just be it until, like, later on as, like, the characters are breaking through and shit's, you know, breaking into the restaurant and shit's going down and all that stuff. There's, like, one weird cutaway where they show the kitchen and he's, like, in the middle of, like, surrounded by other chefs, the chefs there. And he's just crying be like, and it was so embarrassing. I'd never be able to show myself again. <laughs> it was such a weird, like, why was... They didn't need to put that in, but it's funny. It's a cute little moment to show, like, hey, look, yeah, it's that guy. I mean... Yeah, it's the only transition. And I hey, had he won a lot of money. He won a lot of money. It's, it's the only. It's the only transition I had for you saying you were showing your whole ass. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I feel so embarrassed. What did, uh, what did, I'm so stupid. But my, I have a question here. Maybe you can clarify for me because I actually don't know what a uh, Lynchman and uh, Johnny Boy were doing. weren't they? Were they infiltrating the military base? They were infiltrating the space laser. Why? What were they doing there? They damaged its systems to where it wasn't going to be able to fire at the beginning of the race, and they were going to have to uh, shut it down for maintenance to at least buy the drivers more time to survive. Um, And they weren't even doing it because the suit... Like, these guys are set up to look like superheroes, but it's really great when they talk about it because Johnny Boya asks Lynchman, like, what are we doing here? She's like, you got to think about it. See, uh, what is the most important thing about Redline? And she's like, what? It's like the race? No, it's the betting. Do you know how much money is on the line here? How many investors we've got waiting for this to be uh, broadcasted throughout the entire galaxy? We need to keep capitalism going, so we're going to destroy this race. We're going to destroy this space laser all for the sake of capitalism. Yeah, I knew I felt like he was a bad guy for some reason. Supports police, police brutality, all that. All right. Oh. He is truly america's superhero also also it's just it, you have like a weird funny moment where like they're racing and something happens where he gets knocked the fuck out of his car and he, the fucking lynchman just keeps hauling ass on foot and he's keeping pace with his car jumps back in his car and continues the race and you're like if he could go that fast... He's only in his car because he legally has to be in a car to race. Are you for real? Did they explain that? No. Oh. <laughs> no, they didn't. Oh, this, like, is this, my... this is amazing lore that I missed out of it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? There's no rules. You can use magic. Gives a shit. It's a red line. That's what I'm saying. He could have been able to do it on foot. There's no rules. Do we need rules? I guess not if you don't mind your... your, your... Or, um, grand winners to splat into the road by the end of the race. Hey, at that point, betting's over. Everyone has already made their money. And so capitalism prevails. And capitalism prevails. Fair enough. Have we missed anything? I feel like we've like talked about everything about this movie. It seems. Yeah, no, I think we're good. I mean, fucking car like literally mulls itself through the ground to avoid mines, which is. Powered by pedals, which that just seems exhausting. Uh, you've got a car that turns into a mech suit that looks like uh, a very well-toned lady, and she has the ability to just kind of tickle other mech suits, and they just disintegrate. Yeah, and also the pilots are in the boobies. <laughs> and the pilots are in the boobies. That's fun. <laughs> this is cinema, guys. <laughs> this is art! 
<laughs> there were other cars too. Dazena joins the race using just a military bike and somehow is able to keep up. None of the other military bikes are able to keep up, but Dazena can keep up through the show, the sheer willpower of his crying. He was not a. They should not have sent him to go into the race to chase after these people. He's way too invested. He is not emotionally uh, mature enough to be trusted with any sort of military commander mission. <laughs> He's not emotionally sound in any way, shape, or form. I relate. <laughs> Look, I get it, and I feel the same way, but we still can't trust him. Every time with the podcast, Sparrow's always like, no, you have to come back, and I'm just crying. Like, no, I can't. I have to do this. <laughs> I guess I just have one last question, Kaz. Kaz. Yeah. So do you like it? I did. This is a wacky, fun, dumb movie that you don't you shouldn't think too much about or have a whole podcast dedicated to because there's no point. It's just dumb fun. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah. It's, it's fun to watch. It was fun when I first saw it, and then it was fun to watch with other people. So, yeah, this is definitely a movie you can just watch, but I think the more of a crowd you have, the more people you get to watch it with you, I think that just only enhances the fun as everyone just finds something or another to just go fucking buck wild about. Um, yeah. Good time. Fine. Yes. So did you like it? I did. This movie has a lot of talent to it. The director is very talented. I mean, one of the animators, like one of the key animators for this movie was Hiroyuki Imai Imaishi. I don't know if I'm saying that right, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing, but this man is, he directed... Uh, the Star Wars Visions uh, short, The Twins. He directed Promare, Kill la Kill, Gurren Logan. Uh, he went on to be an animation director uh, as well during like Fooly Cooly uh, for some of the or for one of the episodes. Like, so there is talent within this movie that is just really great to see. Like, it's a passion project through and through. So if you just want a fun time where you're gonna watch like someone's wacky vision just out in front of you. Check it out. And if you ever want to know what Speed Racer on crack is in space, check out Redline. You crack. Please yeah. don't do that. Please don't do that. Please, no. Don't do that. Please, Tucker, <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> All right, Kaz, what do you got going on in your life? Nothing. I got a vacation. We're doing this as a supplementary episode instead of doing it live. You can normally catch these live, uh, normally, on Fridays at uh, 10 p.m. on uh, Central t uh, U.S. time uh, at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's twitch.tv forward slash the number two, the letters ND, and the word respawn. No spaces, no extra characters, just all that together. Uh, that's all I'm going to plug for the, this time because, like I said, we're going on vacation. So we will meet back in August. Uh, for yes, fun, yes. wacky streams. And it's me, Sir Square, in here. Uh, I don't really have a lot going on, so if you just really enjoy the podcast, please make sure to share it with anyone that you think might enjoy it as well. And if you just want to know what's going on uh, in with any creative projects I have, you can follow me on Twitter, at Sir Squarin, uh, S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. Uh, and these episodes are edited every week to come out sp sounding way better than they do live. Thanks to our good friend at Tucker Wins on Twitter, 
or on twitch.tv forward slash Tucker underscore wins. And you can find his music also on Spotify under Tucker Win Stanley. Uh, all in all, Kaz, I think this has been a pretty great summer of animation. I feel like every single week has been pretty much a winner. The only feel, the only one I felt like just fell behind the rest of them was uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Wing, yeah. and we knew that was going to happen because of the nature of that film. Yeah. I feel like we won this this summer. We did it. Really good. Uh, like all good things, they have to come to an end. So, uh, like Kaz said, we are. Uh, this episode will be coming out on time, um, but we will not be uh, live for a movie for the people that want to join us. But next month, we are back on our. Uh, we're gonna be kicking back over to live action for a little bit, just to check out other films. So for August, you can check us out watching two on a gu- uh, guillotine. Dune 1984. Uh, we're also going to check out Flash Gordon and Brazil. And Nan will join us for another episode uh, as well for the middle of August. And once we get his movie locked down, we will let you know. Yeah. <sighs> Just for That's shits and giggles, it. hey, uh, share the podcast comment on whatever the hell you're watching it on. And I don't know, rate it, stars. We don't. We don't plan on getting far. We're just curious what engagement looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if any of you actually follow us on Twitter and you want to suggest a movie, I don't know, feel free. It's not like we ever really think things out, so we're down to check out anything at this point. That's true. Every movie I've ever recommended came to Square in, like, the day of, like, three hours before... With a lot of ums and uhs and I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, honestly, we're at the point now where uh, I think this episode is like episode 70. So we're legit just like, because we have watched 70 movies together. With like some exceptions of like times where we watched movies apart. But we have mostly almost watched 70 films together. <laughs> I think like two of them we watched apart and we ended up not even doing a podcast for this so we've watched more <laughs> movies that have come out for this fucking thing yeah yeah it's a wild journey so if anyone has any suggestions for us please throw them our way because we were willing to sit through the fanatic so we'll be willing to sit through i guess anything i think that is what that means <laughs> <laughs> Tucker, just just end it with badass red line music.